Okay, her question is that intellectually you understand that there's the same divine that lives in everybody, but still you feel a difference. You say, this is my soul, and then there are other souls. As they say, all men are equal, some are more equal than the others. So, <laughs> so the question is that true feeling within you, that I am the same. How does that come about? Does that take a bit of time? Is that the process of self-evolution or growth or cleansing and so on? It's painful. Because to be able to truly believe that I am the same as everybody else. It's very easy to say the same God lives in everybody and we're all the same and or you're all the same and it's very easy to say those things, right? But when any in the face of any conflict, how conveniently we forget that now the divine still dwells in the other person. We forget that and, and we are ready to give it back, we are ready to enter into conflicting mode and it becomes you and I or us and them, it becomes uh, immediately there's a wall, there's a, there's a distance, there's a difference. Really the only way is to practice compassion as a conscious choice, first of all. Second, is to continuously work on oneself. If you can get to a stage where you are not hurting others with your words, you've made a remarkable progress. Because when we are in conflict, it's so easy to, to say things about the other person or others. And the amazing thing is, whenever I say some things like that, nobody thinks, yes, I've heard the other person. They are always thinking of somebody else. I hope he or she is listening to this. It's how ignorant and how blind we can be. Mullah Nasruddin went to a fair with his uh, wife. And there, he kind of fell in love with a monkey. And he said, honey, we are taking this monkey home. She said, are you crazy? We just live in one room. There is no space for this monkey. He said, of course there is. He can live in our bedroom. Where will this thing sleep? She said, he can sleep on our bed. What's the big deal? She said, what about the smell? Ah, Mullah said, don't worry about it. If I have put up with this smell for 30 years, <laughs> he can also put up with your smell. Now everybody has a very high view of themselves. What we are thinking is not what the other person is seeing. And that's also what makes this life worth living. That's also what makes it beautiful. We want to run away from conflict, but life is so boring without conflict.
Pick any piece of literature. If there is no conflict, you would not enjoy one bit. You will feel like you're reading Hanuman Chalice or something. Even in there, there is conflict, actually. So when there is conflict, or when you feel, or when you see that uh, I am not feeling the same divine in everybody, that's a time to, to remind yourself your values. That's the time to remind yourself what, it is, what is it that I, I am living for. What befits me. What kind of a conduct will suit me. Should I react or should I act? That's a choice. And people often are reminded of this choice after they have already made their choice. The words are out like an arrow from a bow and there is no retraction. You can't retreat those words. They're out. You can't say, I am sorry, I, I didn't mean to say those things. Maybe some you can say it, but you know, you cannot undo your words. As you evolve, as you purify yourself, as you grow, you will have less and less problem with the world around you. So if you have a constant issue with the world around you, it's actually a reflection of your own consciousness. I'm not saying you could not be right. You can have a legit issue with a person or a group. Quite possible. But a spiritually evolved person has less of a problem with the world around him or her. The more entangled one is in one's ego, one's own belief of themselves, one's hardened opinions, the more the problem they have with people around them. There was this um, village and this man thought that I would uh, go and I've heard very nice things about that village. So I'll move there, this person thought. But he thought he would uh, pass through you know, that village and check a couple of other places before finally settling down. And he went to, he stopped at a village and he asked somebody, um, how are the people in this village? And he was told, oh, people here are terrible. Nobody is willing to help anybody. Nobody is here listening to anybody. And this man was shocked because he had made up his mind that he would like to move to this place for his retirement. And now he's being told that this is a shocking place. But he thought, maybe let me check with one more person. So he went to another shop. There was a young boy there. He said, um, 
I just wanted to know what's this village like. He said, oh, it's heaven on earth. It's the most beautiful place. Everybody is so helpful, so kind, so caring, so loving. Believe me, if you are thinking of moving, there is not a better place other than Badrikashram. <laughs> so if you're thinking of moving, that's too far, Badrikashram. So this is the village to be in. This man was now utterly confused. Whom to believe? The first recommendation or the second glowing review? And then he, he thought, let me take a stroll. He went a bit further and there was this uh, monk sitting under a tree. As you might know in all stories, monks are either sitting under some tree or they are in a hut. You will never hear a story of monk in a palace. You know. <laughs> so a monk was sitting under a tree and he said to the monk, he said, listen, I have this, uh, I'm in this quandary, what should I do? One person said, this village is just hell. The other person said, this is most outstanding place to be. What should I do? Should I move or not? And it's a matter of my life and my life savings. And the monk said, uh, both were right. Both were right because both saw what they had in them. People reciprocated based on how they acted with those people. So if you stick to the principle of divinity, you will be met with nothing but divinity. Dyutam chalatamasmi. Even their designs and schemes would be divine to you. Because you are past that judgment. Their lies, their exaggerations, their even sincerity, their genuineness or a lack of it, their high opinion of themselves or low self-esteem, everything will appear divine to you. In that creation of the divine, it's a Sufi saying that since he is holy, the creator is holy, this creation is holy, how can anything else be otherwise? La Shrikalahu. He is one without the second, Ekam Brahmadityam Nasti. Then where is the room for anything other than divinity? Once Christ wanted to visit this lady who wasn't speak, spoken well of, and everybody said to Jesus Christ, Oh Lord, please don't go to her. People will speak ill of you. If you visit this lady, they will fling mud at you. So she's best left alone, don't visit her. Her character is not perceived well in the society. And she was ill, she was unwell. And Jesus said, tell me something. Should a doctor visit an ailing person 
or healthy person. Lord, they said, of course, an ailing person. Then tell me, how can I not visit this lady? If, if the other person is happy, everybody will be happy to serve that person. Everybody is going to laugh with that person. Are you able to show divinity to the one whom you don't particularly like? Because that is the person who's actually going to transform you. Because the lessons of life will be imparted by such people. And if we develop any feelings of hatred or, or negativity or similar emotions, what do we have to gain? Nothing. There is nothing to be gained. So even if one was to act selfishly, one could remind oneself that I have nothing to gain. By thinking these things or by acting on these things or by living this way. Why not set the benchmark so high that you surprise yourself with your own ability to act in goodness? Why to stoop low? Why to stoop so low that you'll say, I am going to, to come down to your level to fight? with you. I read somewhere, you know, never argue with a stupid person because they don't have any need to make sense in, an in any argument. They can just say whatever they like. So how can you argue with, with somebody who's decided just to argue for the sake of it? So I read never argue with a stupid person because first they will bring you down and then they will beat you with their experience. You can never win. An argument is never worth winning. It's better to leave the person alone. It's better to stick to your principles eventually. If you are the truth, they will come around. If they don't, you'll be better off anyway. So truly, this is a process of self-cleansing and self-purification and self-evolution, which leads to a state of uh, that profound realization that I can act independently. You can be firm, you can say no, you can push back, but you can still be gentle about it. Half the world's problems will be solved if people were gentle to each other or with each other. I hope I answered your question.